Hello, fitness friends. Welcome to another episode of Digital Coach, where each week I meet some of the fitness industry's pioneers and thought leaders on how we can stay ahead of the trends and start to embrace a digital, online, or virtual fitness offering. This week, I am joined by Artemis Skandalidis, who is a veteran in the fitness space, not only from a face-to-face side of things, but also from a digital online space. I really enjoyed uh, speaking to her and kind of diving into how she's built her business and also some really, really good tips for you fitness professionals that are starting to build an online offering. She's also a fitness business coach. So that also gives the angle of kind of how she has seen other fitness offerings. Um, And so I hope you really enjoy this episode as much as I did. And we're going to dive straight in. So, okay, welcome to another episode of Digital Coach. Today, I am welcoming uh, Artemis Scandalidis from the States. Um, So thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Ben. Good, good. So obviously, we met on the other discussion last week. Um, Have you had much kind of feedback since that at all? Or has it kind of just Uh, just back to day to day? Back to day to day, not so much feedback on that. So I'm hoping that the panel helped a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess it'd be good to just dive straight in because I noticed that a bit did a bit of research before. Um, you've been in the industry, is it 17 years? Is that right? Yes. Yep, for oh. a long time. <laughs> well, um, I started out I started out part-time, so the first uh, the first five years of that were part-time and then I transitioned full-time into the industry in 2008. Which is difficult in itself, right? So what were you doing kind of part-time with part-time fitness? I was, um, I was working as a group fitness instructor. Okay. Um, yeah. So you're doing group fitness and then you did one-to-one or you had a kind of completely different profession? So was working part-time as a group fitness instructor. I was my I was working in an office as an IT consultant. Um, so I was I doing see. something that transition was it was just completely taking the leap and doing something totally different. So when I got out of college, I started to work for before I was an IT consultant, I would do I worked in contracts administrator yeah. and negotiator and I even worked for the federal government for a little while. Wow. the treasury department and um and but after that i did that for a few years then i went and worked started to work for consulting firms and i was a business process analyst and i would the federal government federal government agencies and other companies map their business processes to softwares yeah. and help oh, them okay. to implement the software so that's i was doing that full time and then working time as a group fitness instructor and I was good at my office job, but it just wasn't my passion. It wasn't what I wanted to do. And I, I loved my, my group fitness job and I yeah. wanted to make that a full-time reality. So I did. So when I made it a full-time reality, I transitioned. I continued to teach group fitness classes, but then I added on one-to-one personal training and gotcha. some small group training as well. And so, um, you know, you've been doing kind of the online space should be, should we say for a while uh, how long has that been it's been eight years wow okay yeah. so you kind of got onto it before many people even thought about it i guess yeah i started to in uh, 2012 i started out in the online space writing a blog 
when mm -hmm. people actually read blogs yeah. <laughs> when that was actually a thing so I started to do that and um, at the time I had my husband and I started we had a training gym that we opened in 2011 so part of it was to just help bring exposure to me as the coach to our gym and then also to share with other people mm. what I was started to train for a strength challenge called the Iron Maiden Challenge. So I wanted to share with people my journey of training for this challenge. Yeah. Okay. The, victories, the victories I had and also the, you know, the failures and, thing, and the lessons learned that I had. And so I started with that blog and I was also posting on Facebook at the time, just the way we all we do on Instagram right now with videos yeah. and things like that, because Instagram really wasn't that popular at that time and it just started and then what the blog twitter as well or not i was but i've never been really great at twitter i would do tweets in a while but it's it was never something that i really got into yeah. so i'm i'm on it and you know i do once in a while tweet but it's it's not enough to be to build a really big following on twitter no but i mean the, the blog side of things, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because yeah. um, I still think that's hugely powerful, um, you know, because yeah. the information nowadays is so all over the place. Um, yeah. But okay, so then you kind of started to transition from there um, into kind of more online, was it? Yes, the blog and the blog led to online clients. So from there learned that people, it, it took about a year, may almost like eight to 12 months of consistently writing that blog and posting on a weekly basis. And just, you know, yeah. I would try to just be really consistent about it. Just the way right now in the online space, it's important. One of the most important things is consistency. So yeah. if you're consistent and you build that audience and so about eight months in, that's when I started to get requests for online for distance coaching. Yeah. And so, and I started the blog, I had no intention of it becoming a business or making money off yeah. of it or anything like that. I just wanted to help people and share. I yeah. just was operating from a place of service. And so it was really amazing how it transformed into something that, that came back in a way that started to build my business because it yeah. led to my first distance coaching clients. And it also led to my first uh, public spe paid speaking engagement, which was really yeah. cool. Amazing. So, so do you now have a hybrid of, do you still see people face to face or kind of, should we say in person or is it just all online? All of my business is online. I do teach in person workshops. So that is the face to face that I get. Yep. I have a women's strength workshop that I created in 2014 and I've I traveled all over the US teaching it. And I also, I even went to Australia in 2015 to teach it, which was really cool. And so I, through, I would say my in-person now is through workshops. Gotcha. That workshop and also teaching, I teach for an organization called Strong First. I teach kettlebell courses bodyweight courses and barbell courses for them. Yeah. And oh. one of the things I'm doing, what I've done, because this year I started to transition my business over to, from strength and nutrition coaching to business coaching is yeah. what I've done is I've taken that, my women's workshop, just called, I'm not afraid to lift. And yeah, I created a, 
I created a mentorship program for other professionals to them how to um, market and teach live events, um, yeah. which I know right now with the pandemic is probably, it'll be a little ways off before we're getting back into that. But um, that's something that I've started to transition away from teaching the workshops myself and now passing on the baton to other yeah. female fitness professionals so that they can do it. And um, so question then, how much does your previous kind of profession before you got into fitness, does any of that help with the kind of business coaching side of things? Um, Absolutely. It, it does. It, the irony of it is, yes, it, like I got away. I wanted to get out of the office and now I'm back to doing some things that are very similar because it's, when I, I used to work as a consultant, and yeah. I used to work a lot with systems and mapping business processes to streamline people's businesses and their systems. And so that is one of the things that I'm doing right now as a business coach. As professionals mm. streamline their business processes, find the symptoms, the systems that help them to have a more efficient business and and then give them that consulting or coaching advice that they need so that they can make the income that they want. Yeah. So, so what kind of led you into the business coaching side of things? Was it, was it again that people were just asking for kind of advice or did you actually think, you know what, there's a, there's a niche here? Uh, it was a combination of the two. So it was definitely, I had a lot of people asking me about business advice as someone, I used to own my own facility and I have my own online business there. I have people and I'm also in the kettlebell, the hard style kettlebell community. I am uh, somewhat of a leader, I should say. I am a leader, so I, I'm always teaching at these workshops and speaking. Yeah. So I have coaches who come to me and, and ask me uh, for advice and guidance. And so one of the things was about business. So there was a little bit of that happening. And then also just personally, after being in the industry for so long and teaching strength coaching and nutrition, it was just personally and professionally time for me to pivot for myself, for my own professional growth, ready yeah. to make transition and start to do that. I think it's so important, isn't it? Just to kind of do that personally. Um, so on the business coaching side of things, um, obviously not giving away all your tips and tricks, mm -hmm. but what have you found is, um, you know, the, the biggest problem stroke fear for trainers to actually bring something online what do you think that is oh i think well one of the things that is happening right now because now so many people are transitioning online because of the pandemic is that a lot of fitness professionals are scared they that they will get lost they mm -hmm. they will get on there that the market is saturated that they won't stand out so with that they just they just shut down. They see that and they're like, okay, it's not even possible. And so they don't even move forward and yeah. try and make the transition. That's very frightening. Um, but I think what's important is to have, I always teach, have a mindset of abundance. There's always mm. enough for everyone to go around. And if you are, if you learn how to tell your story and share your story, you will find your audience of people who take to you and yeah. follow you and who want to work with you because people buy coaches. So it doesn't matter if there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of coaches out there, they're going to buy you as an individual coach because of the qualities that you possess and how they identify with you. 
Yeah. And do you feel that there is a kind of route to doing that? You know, obviously we're very video based or digital, let's, let's, let's say, you know, but what about those people that don't want to get in, you know, behind a camera and maybe do want to do blogs? Is that, is there still a, a room for those people? Or do you think you've kind of got to bite the bullet and just get out there? Uh, I think that there is, I think podcasts replace the blog now. So I think if you're someone that is more, a little more introverted and you're not so comfortable on camera, I think going the route of starting a podcast is a great way to do that because people yeah. can hear you and you can build a following that way. Yeah. Okay. And with regards to then, you know, I'm thinking about the, so we, we also certify trainers. So in this, in the UK, it's, it's a level two and a level three, and then you're basically a, Hey, you know, I can be a personal trainer, but just think about those guys that are going in and starting to get qualified now and are looking at the landscape of personal training and thinking, do you know what? I'm, I might as well do something online with face to face as I'm just starting Mm -hmm. um, you know, they may not know their passion per se. So, I mean, where would you kind of put them in the bracket of trying to get something going? Would it just be talking about their personal story, do you think? Or So people who are just starting out, who don't have an audience? Yeah. Or no, just, just yes. qualifying as a trainer, yeah. Ah, they haven't. Uh, I would say yes, just I think the the more time that you can spend getting exposure and having that consistent consistent about posting the better even if you're just even if you're not you haven't become certified yet get on yeah. there start talking about it start talking about your story because i'm sure that those people there's they have those coaches there is something that they do for themselves they can talk about what they do in their own training what they do in their own nutrition and yeah. there is they have a story as to why they wanted to become a personal trainer. They yeah. have that, that transformation, that pivotal, that thing that happened. So I think the sooner that they can get out there, start talking about it, start sharing it in, in different pieces and applying it to why they do the things that they do today for themselves, and that's how they're going to help their, their clients once they have them, then the sooner they can do that, the better. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. makes a lot of sense. So with your online offering, um, are you doing, uh, still doing distance coaching kind of face to face? Is, is it like this? Um, I noticed that you sell programs, is that right? Um, so are they yes. programs that you, you know, you're, you've put together, you know, can you tell us a bit more about the different products that you kind of sell? Absolutely. I use a platform called exercise.com for the strengthening and um, I am moving away from one-on-one -on -one I have more business coaching clients than strength coaching clients right now. So I'm moving away from that one-on-one -on -one strength coaching. But in that space, I use exercise.com for all my programming. I create all my programs with a client or whether it's for a small group or whether it's for like a DIY single sale yeah. program. So all those programs are housed in exercise.com. And if okay. it's a one-on-one -on -one client, then they have their program on exercise.com. And then we will communicate through messaging on the platform. But also I meet with them via Zoom like this once a month to check in, to talk, to you know, just find out what's going on, to see what updates 
make to the program. And in between the Zoom calls, the, in the communication, there's video exchange. So I'll ask them, hey, can you film a video of your kettlebell thing or your kettlebell press so I can take a look, see what's going on. Then for when I give them feedback, maybe I'll give them quick like written feedback, but typically my feedback will be another video back to them so that they can, it's, it's better for them to see and hear and watch me demo so that they can understand better. And then, of course, we have this face-to-face check-in once a month. Once a month. Yeah. And the single, the, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, yeah, 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 no, carry on, sorry. That's okay. And the single sale programs, that those are DIY. So that's, you know, they go, they buy the program. I have a Facebook group that every after you buy a program, then you get into the Facebook group. So if there's any questions that you have about the program, you could ask in, in the Facebook group. But typically when you're buying like a single sale program like that, it's like you're you're very much on your own. But the Facebook groups to be it seems to be sufficient for people when they're asking questions. Okay, and and what would be kind of the the difference in price points? Obviously, it, it must. I'm guessing it changes, but do you have kind of from your experience, uh, kind of a lower ticket than the DIY? I'm guessing, and then kind of a more premium offering. Does it depend on kind of what you're offering at the time? So the the DIY program is the low ticket offering, and those range anywhere from I think we have them at like thirty. We even might. I think we have some like body weight TRX programs that are even like 99. So yeah. those from like, you know, 1999 to our most expensive program we have is a, like our 12 week programs are 129.99. So that's, gotcha. that's our low ticket item. And then the, um, and then it's just a one-time purchase. That's it. Yeah. And then the high ticket item is the one coaching. So that's a subscription it's initially a three month minimum commitment. Okay. So, and then after the three months, it's month to month. And that is something I would, industry standard is anywhere from, you know, like $200 to $500 a month. So for me, I was charging, um, I had, I started out when I was just doing strength programming and I'll, I'll just kind of give you how pricing of my, of that yep. progressed when I first started offering it, it was 149 a month, and then I raised it to 199 a month. And then um, when I was then last year, when I was do the bulk of my business was the one-on-one coaching, I was offering a comprehensive package, of, um, strength training, nutrition, and I also specialize in um, hormone balance or it's, it's nutrition and lifestyle changes that support optimal hormone balance. Yeah. Of course, you want to go and see your physician, a special <laughs> physician for the actual hormone balance, but just there are nutrition and lifestyle changes that you can implement that help to support that. So yeah. for that, my initial starter package was um, either 500 a month with a three-month commitment. If you paid in full for the three months, it was a $100 flat fee. Okay, great. So, yeah. And I would say like most of my business coaching clients are charging um, at least, they're charging a little over $200 a month. I would say that the, they're charging like $230 a month for one-on-one strength coaching with a three-month commitment. So I think that yeah. like that's a, like a, pounds, I think. it's a good, what's that? On exchange rate, I think it's about 170 
hundred mm-hmm. no, maybe more maybe about about 180 190 pounds yeah. yeah so and, and, and it's interesting do you find when you start to it may be different in the states when when speaking to trainers here um some feel like they can't charge that much and some mm. feel like they don't necessarily feel it's worth it which is again kind of two ends of the spectrum yeah. Uh, I don't know if do you find that as well in the States or is it a bit different in the kind of how the approach is? I think the, the fear that it's not, I haven't seen that worth it, but I do see um, the fear of charging. I do see the fear of charging the money. And I think that is something that is very specific to being a true coach entrepreneurial archetype. Yeah. I think as coaches, it is really scary for us to put value and worth and a dollar amount on our services because we're in it to have a client. Like we are here because we're just truly serving, serving, serving. So when we start to assign a dollar value to that almost makes us feel uh, guilty or it makes us feel like it just, we don't feel like we're worthy of that. And, yeah. and, and it's normal to feel that way. And, uh, but I think what's important is to just recognize that, you know, yes, that's, that is a limiting money mindset belief. And it's something that it's, it's worth working through. And, um, the, and I, and I have had those fears too, especially I remember when I launched with that package, I was just mentioning the 500 a month for three months you know, yeah. 1200 flat. I was like, gosh, are people going to pay this? Like I, and people were like, yes, they saw the value. They appreciated the value. And, and I, it just took some wins of like putting that dollar amount on it, putting it out there. And then seeing that people had no problem paying that amount of money and then just working through, yes, I am, I am worthy of receiving this money and my work is value and I should be highly compensated for it because we always, as coaches, we always over deliver because totally. we just care so much. You know? Yeah. So I, I think whatever dollar amount you're putting on it, you, it is worth that amount and more. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I've had um, friends, friends that are really good coaches, you know, really good coaches and um, they kind of went on the cheaper end or they offered mm-hmm. two, you know, they offered a cheaper end and a, and a more expensive one, but ended up doing exactly the same on the cheaper one, you uh-huh. know, they would do on the, because they want to obviously deliver. Um, yeah. But what about, you know, you mentioned obviously that you always do a check-in once a month, was it? Or was it once a week? Uh, once it, a month. Once a month. Okay. How important do you think that is when it comes to online training, still having that kind of personal uh, you know, face-to-face discussion. Is it is it essential or is it kind of that you just like to do it to kind of have that conversation? I think it's essential. I think even, it, even if you're just doing it once a month, I think it's really important to have that one-on-one virtual time with your client to talk about things rather yeah. than constantly communicating through messaging and videos. So I think and and there have been times that you know in the, I've had packages where I've done like weekly check-ins and two time a month check-ins so you just have to decide what works best for you and, and your client and or your clients because you don't want to have too many offerings um, but oftentimes like that one and you could always start out by like okay like 
the first month we'll meet twice a month and then, you know, second and third month we'll meet once a month. Um, but I do think it is really, really important to have that time to talk to them. Yeah. And what about messaging? Do you kind of, do you have it? You mentioned you do it through this other platform. Do you ever have kind of personal number goes out, um, you know, or messaging at all times of the day, or do you kind of cut it out and, and kind of say, this is how we communicate? Cause I, I've heard that as well, where some trainers feel mm. like they're just constantly, um, you know, and it, this is no disrespect to some clients, but they feel that maybe they're a bit more needy when they're online yeah. rather than mm -hmm. face to face. Do you kind of have that uh, kind of set out from the beginning or it's kind of play it by ear? I set boundaries for sure. And my boundaries are Monday through Friday. I'm in there responding and then I'm not responding on weekends. And I think that it comes down to the, there's always going to be a message in there. There's always going to be something that a client needs. And as coaches, and I've been guilty of it too, responding 24 seven, it's, I know making that transition to setting the boundary of it's only Monday through Friday and not responding to things on Saturday and Sunday has, was really, really hard for me. I mean, it, it took a lot of like, like a self-talk, like, okay, don't respond. Do you see the message? Don't respond, don't respond. And it took just like this practice and of doing it. <laughs> yeah. And and it takes practice, but so you, number one is just, you know, set the boundary with your client, you know, in there, I'll be responding Monday through Friday. If you mm -hmm. email me or message me on, you know, Friday at after five o'clock, I will be responding on Monday. Yeah. So just knowing that there is going to be that lag time. So making sure you set the boundary with the client, number one, and then number two, for you as an individual, just you need to coach and train yourself to not be responding on Saturday and Sunday. And you'll find that the more you take that space for yourself, the more clear headed and fresh you feel on Monday and, and you feel like you're in a better position to serve your clients the best that you can, because you took that brain break away from constantly giving them energy so yeah. that you can give back to yourself for a couple of days. Well, you're just going to burn out. Right. And I think people yeah. just, once you tell them I'm going to come back to you on Monday, I think most people will just go, Oh no, it's, you know, it's 7 PM. I'm not going to hear till Monday. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So question, which is obviously up in the air, but mm -hmm. I'd be great to get your thoughts. How do you see um, the fitness industry kind of, where is it going now? Do you feel that trainers that are now jumping on online will, some will stay, most will go back. You know, obviously we, we don't know because of what's going on with the pandemic, but how do you see the, the fitness industry, let's say over the next two years with regards to face-to-face -to -face and online? I think those who have a face-to-face -face business, once they're able to get back to it, I think they'll, they will have it. But I also think that some of these coaches who perhaps thought that maybe they would never have an online business, now have an online business and will also maintain that online business along with their in-person. Even if it's a small percentage of their business, I think they will still always have that online element. Now, I think it's just, it's almost forced coaches to get online and experience it and build it. And I think what it'll do is not only will it allow them to expand their network of clients and increase their income that way. But I think that it's going to help them to support their in-person clients even better. 
because yeah. it's going to allow their in-person clients to have this online option in between the times that they see them in person. So it's going to help their in-person clients be more successful. So I think the online is here to stay, whether you're hundred percent online or you're splitting your time. I think it's, it's definitely here for, from now and, and for the next two years and beyond. Yeah. I mean, here we're, I'm in London, obviously, um, you know, we're hearing from our clients. We, we try to stay as close um, as possible to the clients that come to the facilities. Some of them are going to be working two weeks on two weeks off. Some are going to be working two days a week and the rest from home. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, for the fitness professionals that are, are going to listen to this, you know, there is, it's going to have to be some sort of online um, offering yeah. that you kind of provide. So it's quite interesting. Um, there have been quite a lot that have been offering things for free as a mm. business coach. If I was a trainer that was now going to come onto the program and I've been doing everything for free, what would you mm-hmm. be saying to me? This is something I I talked about and I wrote about, I think it was like last week in terms of like freebies. And um, so when I see this, like the, there is a a time and place for freebies. So freebies. Yes. We, well, number one, every time we post online, this, that's free content that we're putting out there for people. Number one. So just remember that your, your posts are free content. Number two, the time and place for freebies when you have an online business is to, is to generate leads so Mm -hmm. that you can sell a product to them. Yeah. And this, and that's where the missing link happens with coaches is they, they have this, they're just giving away the free stuff and then they just miss out on collecting all these leads so they can sell a product. So I think it's about learning the process that they need to follow in order to collect, have a system so that they're collecting the leads in terms of have, you know, get, if you don't have an email marketing application that you use, get an email marketing application. So if you have your freebie, you can get your landing page up with your email marketing application. And then people have to give you, give you their email address in exchange for that freebie and then have a plan for what's next after the freebie. What are you going to upsell them into? Is it going to be a DIY program? Is it going to be one-on-one thing? Is it going to be a group coaching program? And it's okay. Like this, I think we just have to understand. And this always goes to the typical coach entrepreneur archetype and that, you know, we have this tremendous guilt for charging money for what we do, but we are in business. It's how we pay our bills. It's, it's our yeah. business. So you, you have to sort of step away. These coaches need to step, once they have that freebie, they need to step away from the coach archetype, step, step into your entrepreneur archetype, put your business hat on and think, okay, yes, I need to, I am running a business. I need to make a living. I need to pay my bills. So after I have this freebie, I collect that lead. What is, what's next? What's the next step? What's the product or service I'm going to sell, present to this lead to sell so that I can actually continue to run business. So um, freebies are great, but just make sure that you have that system in place so that, that it, feeds your business and helps your business to grow and prosper. Yeah, that's brilliant. I think I totally agree. Um, and I think uh, I've heard trainers that have got themselves injured from doing workouts every single day, live on Instagram live. Now they can't, what do I do? Am I going to send an ebook? Um, but I think like you said, take a step back and actually focus on what you're offering with the sales process that you spoke about marketing, getting through a landing page, etc. 
do you um have you automated the whole sales process or do you still have sales calls let's call them where you know you get on the phone and you, you know, you're actually telling them about the product that you want to be kind of selling to them i still have sales calls but it depends on the cost of the of what I'm selling. So if it's a lower cost item, like a DIY program, you know, they can just, they don't need to have a sales call with me. They can just yeah. go in and buy it. Um, but if it's one-on-one -on -one coaching, then yes, I have a sales call with the person to make sure that I'm a good fit for them and they're a good fit for me. And so I'll fill out an application and I have a sales call. Okay, cool. I guess the, the last question that I had is, I've, you know, we've put this together as mentioned because we had this influx onto Remote Coach, the platform, and you just start to realize there are a lot of questions, even the things like you've mentioned with marketing and landing pages. Mm -hmm. Some of the guys listening in, they'd be like, Whew. so with your business coaching program, yeah. how can the trainers that, um, you know, do listen to this, how can they kind of find out more? um uh, about the program can you just tell us a bit more about that before we kind of head off absolutely so i have two offerings i have one-on-one -on -one business coaching and then i also have a group coaching program which is my empower you business academy and that is um i'm wrapping up enrollment for this session this friday we have the orientation call is kicking off on friday so if they want to get in on that they can send me a direct message on instagram and i have the link in my bio on instagram too to apply we'll but um the difference is the the group coaching program every starts together and ends together and it's a three-month program and since it's 12 weeks each week i teach a different module we have two group coaching calls every single week one is for me to teach content and the other one is completely dedicated to q a i'm also bringing in guest speakers of other expert of other experts in the online space coming in to speak on some of those calls and yeah. I have the module set up so that you're systematically building your business from your one-on-one coaching offer and then you learn all about choosing an email marketing application and lead generation and funneling people into sales and then how to create your DIY, how to create your group coaching program. So I go through all of that and even writing marketing copy for lead pages. I have experience doing that. So we go through that. So that's a lot of what is in the group coaching program. And then the one-on-one -on -one, that is, you just, that's a four month commitment, but you, that's on your own. So whenever you want to start, you can do that. And then, then you just have a four month commitment. So that's like, and you have more individual calls with me. So for the group coaching program, it's all group calls. And then the one-on-one -on -one program is you have one-on-one -on -one calls with me. Typically I have like two calls a month with my business coaching, my one-on-one -on -one business coaching clients, and they last around like 90 minutes, sometimes yeah. a little bit longer. Um, and I've even had more than two a month. I've even, if I'm working with you and I'm like, all right, listen, we need to meet next week. I'll yeah. schedule a call so that you can stay on the path of, of reaching your goals. So um, they can find me on Instagram. It's my full name. I know it's really long. It's Artemis underscore Scantilides, so they can find me there. And then um, I have uh, the link, usually the link in my bio is either to our my website. My website is empoweryouonlinecoaching.com. 
www.thelinkinstitute.com. So they can find out information about all my offerings there. And right now the link in my bio is to my Empower You Business Academy. Amazing. Cool. I mean, it just goes to show, just to finish it off, that you know the trainers that we've spoken to, um, there's a lot to learn from marketing to sales mm-hmm. to lead pages. And it's great knowing about the anatomy and physiology, but obviously mm-hmm. starting to know about your business is just as important. Yeah. Um, so thank you for joining me today. I hope your, you know, your day isn't too busy through the pandemic, um, but uh, we'll catch up soon. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. It was great. Thanks, Artemis.